What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 201 we're getting into big numbers here of the All Dolphins podcast. Yeah, um, I felt I felt like I wanted to, ch- to begin season two at episode two two hundred one, but I I'm not going to do that yet. Um, we weren't in agreements on it, but um, we'll. I don't know when we'll begin season two. When when is that? I don't know. And how do we differentiate one episode from another? I mean, we'll get depending on how long we do this. How we might get to. I don't know, episode 5038 or whatever. Anyway, for the time being, we're continuing to number them. Today is 201 on this Wednesday, January 17th. And I'm ready for my history lessons. Yes, and I was remiss yesterday in the live episode not to do one for episode 200, which would mean the 2000 season, which is bad to, to slip it over because it's the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game. That happened, of course, December. It, it happened so long ago, I actually don't remember it. Zero. So I'm ready oh, for this history days. lesson. Okay. The 2000 season was the first one with Dave Wanstead as head coach after he had replaced Jimmy Johnson. It was the offseason where Dan Marino retired. They signed Jay Fiedler to be the starting quarterback. He won the start. No, they signed him to compete with Damon Heward, who had been the backup in 99 to compete for the starting job. They gave it to Jay Fiedler. Um Dolphins got off to a good start. They defeated the Seattle Seahawks and they won his first game 23 to nothing behind a good rushing effort from Lamar Smith, who they picked up as a free agent running back who wound up rushing for over a thousand yards. Thurman Thomas was on that team. Yeah, he maybe blew out his knee uh, in October, I want to say. And he was he was like a kind of a third, third down back role, was mostly pass catching and then blew out a knee October, November, and then that was it. Never played again in the NFL. The season was also famous for the Monday Night Miracle, uh, which was a Monday night game against the Jets at not MetLife Stadium, well, and there was a giant giant stadium where the Dolphins led 30-7 to entering the fourth quarter and blew it. And they actually, this was a weird game too because they actually wound up trailing 37-30, tied the game, got the ball first in overtime. Oh, yeah. Jay Fiedler gets intercepted. But it was Marcus Coleman, who's a DB, fumbles on the interception return. Dolphins recovered. And like four plays later, Jay Feeler's intercepted again, again by Marcus Coleman. Jets go down, kick a field goal. Uh, so Dolphins lose that game, which was – you want to talk about a collapse. That was a collapse. The Dolphins, though, rebounded, won the division title in a weird, weird game at New England, last game of the season, where Linda Murray kicks a field goal. I think it was like 49 yards. Time's expired. The, the Dolphins won. Ooh. All of a sudden, the, the officials 
half an hour after the fact for some reason decide, no, wait, wait, there's time left on the clock. So they literally bring out players from the locker rooms for both teams. I'm not joking. You can look it up. For for one last play from, I don't know, the, the I'm sorry, the Murray field goal was not on the last play of the game, but it was late. Then the game's over, but no, the game's not over. Both teams come back onto the field. Michael Bishop is then inserted a quarterback for the Patriots because Drew Bledsoe is showered and he's ready to go home. Throws one desperation heave. Incomplete Dolphins win the division title and they get to celebrate for a second time in a half hour span. I'm not joking. I was alive and paying attention to football back then. I have no idea that that even happened. I think that was the year I graduated college, which was a complete blur to me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. a, it was a good year though. It was a really good year. Okay. Um, 2021 let's let's move on to the 2021 season which was another 11-5 record which is one of the reasons why I think the Dolphin fans put too much disrespect on Dave Wanstead who had back-to-back 11-5 seasons um okay so that's so that two that 2000 season ended the following week at Oakland Dolphins had run Lamar Smith into the ground rush for over 200 yards against the Colts but he had nothing left in the tank the following week um, lost 27 to nothing at, at Oakland. Ironically, the Dolphins had the ball first. They drove, they were at, they drove to like the Oakland 30 yard line or whatever. Jay Feeler threw a pick six. I want to say it was, I know it was an interception. I think it was a pick six and it was never a game. Anyway, that game did feature one of the most stupid catches you'll ever see. Uh, you know, that Od- Odell Beckham type of catch one handed stretch all over the place by who? Rondé Gatson. Yeah. It came, it came when, when the Dolphins were trailing 27, nothing, in the second half, but that, that guy had hands like a catcher's mitt, mm-hmm. and his his son's a pretty good tight end who, who suffered an injury at Syracuse. I don't know if he's in the draft now or if he um, is going back to to college. I, I know I know he was a very good tight end prospect mm-hmm. at Syracuse, and he got injured during the season. But you know, maybe he's in the transfer portal because everybody could go in the transfer portal these days and shop themselves to the highest bidder. You know who's no longer in the transfer portal. The transfer portal is is to his brother. Yes, for the draft. So he lost his his campaign pitch for a, another year of eligibility. Oh, is um, that what happened? That's why he declared for the draft. Yes, he did. And then I, I, you know, I was I was hopeful that the Hurricanes would would make a campaign for him, but they didn't. They ended up getting the Ward kid, who was from Washington State, who's a, a supposedly a better a better prospect. So it'll be interesting to see how that University of Miami season plays out. But let's get to 2021 since I no, don't have any idea what 2001. 2001, yes. Okay. So the Dolphins come back after making the playoffs. They made the playoffs again in, um, in 2001. What stands out immediately about that season, of course, was the games of week two or week three. It was week three. One of the, one of the early season games were canceled because of the events of 9-11. Oh, okay. it, was, it was week two. And then the Dolphins came back. The first game after 9-11, they played the Oakland Raiders at Hard Rock Stadium, Joe Pro Player, whatever it was called back then. And they won a thrilling game. Last second touchdown run by Jay Fiedler on a scramble with time running out. And famous picture from Sports Illustrated of Fiedler on the ground in the end zone, like, like a holding his right hand up in celebration. Um but that game, the atmosphere was was completely electric. Dolphins won the playoff and then five. They they made the playoffs as a wild card. They had a chance to win the division, lost at New England late in the season. 
and the Patriots wound up winning their first Super Bowl with Brady. Dolphins faced the Baltimore Ravens in the wildcard playoffs at home, and they got out-physical, overpowered, outmatched 20-3 to finals. So it's been basically a decade. It's been two decades since the Baltimore Ravens have been out-physical in Miami. Oh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that was the Bill Be- uh, Brian Billig Ravens, I believe. Right. No, they were mm-hmm. the defending Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins didn't match. Uh, what else stood out that? Oh, and I guess we should mention that that year was also should be remembered, not fondly, for the draft when the Dolphins had pick twenty six. I want to say and oh, is that the um, the cornerback? Yes, they could have had Drew Brees, and there were some in the organizations who were pushing for the Dolphins to draft Drew Brees. They decided nope. Instead, we'll go with a zone cornerback for our press, our press defense. Even though we have two great starters with Madison and Sertan, and drafted Jamar Fletcher. Hey, you stuck to your draft board. That's always an important thing. I I I I am a firm believer of sticking to your draft board and not not drafting for needs. Um, and actually, that has been Chris Greer's approach for most seasons when he's been in charge. Um, when you draft for needs, you get yourself in in trouble. And we can go. We can go through. We can go through so many instances where the Miami Dolphins have drafted a player like Jarvis Landry or Xavier Howard, a position where they had good players under contract, and wound up with the better player um, and a foundational piece. Um, Laramie Tunsil. It's it's happened so many times. I'm a firm believer. After watching this franchise for 15 years, you draft. BPA, not for well, you. I agree. I agree. Except there's nobody in his right mind who would say that Jamar Fletcher was a better player than Drew Brees. So that's so they they went BPA. Great, they picked the wrong guy because Jamar Fletcher last he didn't even fit the scheme. Yeah. Well, for, forget being a bad scheme fit, which right away was like I mean, and he was he was great in college, but he didn't pan out in the NFL even after the Dolphins traded him to the Chargers for basically a cup of coffee. And I would point out a couple of other instances where the Dolphins did draft for need. In the last, say, like 10 years, Jawan James, you're not going to tell me that wasn't a pick for need. That was absolutely a pick for need. Okay. And Wrong I would make player the should have been Morgan Moses, but it was a pick for need. Okay. And I would make the argument that Austin Jackson also was a need pick as the second of the three picks. Oh, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, God, anytime you mention that draft, um, I think about Noah Igbenogany and how many good players you could have got for that 31st pick, but you chose Noah Igbenogany, who, in all honesty, was on my man crush list as a second round pick and a priority selection for the Dolphins. So I'm not going to sit here and be it, be a complete fraud because I I like Noah Ibnagani in the draft process as well. Okay, I, well. I was just like Brian Flores. This is where, but this is where also at 18 they could have had Justin Jefferson, uh, which would have negated the need for Jalen Waddle the following year, and then they could have just taken Micah Parsons, uh, and then that. 30, they could have taken Jonathan Taylor instead of Noah Benogany. Hey, we can't live in the past, but we have no, to we live, cannot live in the past. We, we have to live in the present. And this episode is really about discussing something that we touched on a little bit earlier in this week, which are foundational pieces. Because uh, I really start my offseason analysis. Um, and I I'm I'm honestly I'm doing a lot of Joe Rose stuff, and I actually will be doing all of next week, which is man. Yeah, Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Kelly now. 
What'd you say? Oh no, stop it. Okay. Um, actually, uh, it, it's it's a strain. So it, it's it's a challenge when you got to wake up at five a.m. to go do a radio show for four hours. Um, but uh, the the most important thing in my mind is you talk. You Chris Greer talked about the building block and the young court and the young nucleus. And when we purged the roster in two thousand and nineteen, and then got all these draft picks by trading trading players. We, we had all these young, cheap assets that we developed, like the Austin Jacksons and the Robert Hunts and, you know, even the Mike Gesickis. But the unfortunate part about when you have young players who basically played the duration of their rookie season and they developed for four years is they get to the point where Mike Tannenbaum calls it they have to graduate from the program. Um, because they price themselves out of being affordable players for the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins. Now, we're sort of in a transitional period as a franchise. Rebuilds generally don't last five seasons. Now, we are pushing on our sixth season of a rebuild. The approach has changed, which is also something that we probably need to discuss because uh, Chris Greer said, yeah, we are moving into the sixth year of a rebuild, but kind of it got reset when Mike McDaniel or join the franchise. And it's true. Uh, Hold on, wait a minute. Hear me out. It is is true that this is a reset just because schematics changed. The scheme you play changed. The style of defense you play changed. Like, look look at Raekwon Davis. That is a foundational piece that kind of got pushed off his spot because you didn't really use or utilize a nose tackle much. Um, And... There are other guys before Andrew Van Ginkle emerged as a backup starter. He was a player that was young and developmental, and you kind of just moved off him because you acquired Bradley Chubb and the scheme change, and he wasn't necessarily an ideal fit until Vic Fangio came in and said, no, 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 no. I like that guy. No? No. Van Ginkle, if you remember, started a lot of games as a rookie in 2019. Again, because the roster was under. I think, I think it was his second year. I think he he got injured as a rookie his first year. Yeah, he did. Um, he? Yeah, he did, and he and he started his second year, and he started like his third year, the, fourth the year. Second? But here's the thing: is they kept as a base three, four, and both. Because uh, I, I I don't know if I'd ever call Raquan Davis, all due respect, a foundational piece. He's a guy who he's kind of a role player when the Dolphins want to go big on the defensive line. Um, Mm-hmm. You're, I'm sorry. My apologies. You are correct. Where's my mint for you? Start oh, you. okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not necessarily – I mean, for the scheme that they played under Flores, he was kind of a foundational piece. It yeah. did in the, in the style, the hybrid that they had, Vic Fangio is not a hybrid. Vic Fan, and he's not really a traditional 3-4 player, a coach either. Even though that's their base, their nickel packages, and, and it works for them, is two – Two defensive tackles. Two, four, five, basically what they play. Exactly. It's a two, four, five. Um, But let's talk a little bit about these foundational pieces. And I think that, you know, when you you look at the foundational piece, um, it all begins with the quarterback, who generally should be a foundational piece. Um, Should be. be. Uh, They have a top 10 quarterback. They have a pro bowler. You can argue what you want about how good he is. He, the fact he's not elite, and that is not an up for debate. He is not elite yet. Um, whether he can get there, 
we will debate that for another two years. Um, but no, no, we shouldn't be debating it for another two years because, again, exactly how long are we giving anybody? Six, six. Uh, I, I think, I think. I mean, we, we, we will, we will, we flash will. Forward, flash forward, January twenty third, twenty thirty two. Tua has arrived. Listen, he's going to get his fifth year option, so that's your five. Then and that. Again, okay, okay, is, and you so think they're just going to move on from him after his fifth year option? You think he's going to be? If it's the same again, mm-hmm. I hate that we keep having the same discussion. Okay, is, is he a is foundational like, piece or is he not a foundational piece? No, to be determined. That to me is to be determined. And by the, and I I went and checked the, checked something today because I was like, okay, because I know his passer rating dipped a little bit in a mm-hmm. lot of the major, a lot of the categories. It's the numbers are all lower in 2023 than they were in 2022 with a better running game with second year in this game. And of course you can, I'm sure you're going to counter that with the offensive line had a lot of injuries. I have not done the work and I'm never going to blame anything on this offensive line. It's okay. been the best offensive trust line since the unicorns. I, trust me, you, won't, you won't hear me. You won't hear me using that excuse. Okay. But average, like, like average gain, lower average per, per target lower um the volume things like yards yes uh, higher but he threw the ball more often and he played more games but all the other metrics are down really uh, yes you, you should write something on this because i'm that intrigues me. i am i'm going to at some point i'm like um you don't want the abuse is that what it is you're running no, scared kind of like pacing myself and then deciding exactly when to write it but it needs to be written and it's also why to me and there are columns that have been written. Palm Beach posted it. Greg Cody the Miami Herald today, where it's like blasphemous if you don't give him a, like a big money deal. Uh, and to me, it's like uh, really? no. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a Tua fan, and I'm I'm not I'm not. It, I, it would go counterculture with where you are and how you've been as an organization. But I'm sorry if you can not give Christian Wilkins. Uh, a multi-year deal and make him play in his fifth year option. You could do the same thing for Tua. Thank you, Omar. Thank you. Uh, and to me, and for the record, I'm not saying you make you don't make a fair offer. But if we're talking about fair offer, it's more in the line of Kyler Murray money than what my peers are making. And if you'd like to accept Kyler Murray money, we, we can do that deal, which is around forty five a year. Now, if you're dead set committed to I need to make 50 a year okay then you you can you can you can wait this process out and play take the risk and play on your fifth year option I am at that point of and I am a fan as you know I I'm a to a fan and to a believer however I cannot pay you like an elite quarterback until you show me you're an elite quarterback and and that's, and that's what I that's what I've said all along it's like he he He's a good quarterback. He had a very, very good year. But again, there was a ceiling. And is yes. that ceiling always going to be there? And to me, the idea of like that you would commit long term without an out for three, four years down the road, while that question not having been answered is completely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, even if you play him on the fifth year option, you've got him locked up for two because you can right. do a franchise tag the next year and realistically three more years. So and honestly, if you make to a play on his fifth year option, he would 
probably be the second highest paid player because um, I do believe that Tyreek will probably be in position to get a new deal. He already makes $30 million a year. He probably needs to, to have his contract re- revisited just because you need cap space. And this is this is the position that you find yourself in when you continue to use the credit card to buy yourself more time on this rebuild. Um, you're going to be forced to put yourself in position to restructure contracts like Jalen Ramsey, who is another foundational piece, and 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 Tyreek, who clearly is a foundational piece, probably one of the top 10 players in, in the NFL, will probably want to be back in position as the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And and he's probably going to need some some new wide receivers to get new money um, just so that he can reestablish himself. Um, but right now we've addressed, you can argue it as much as you want. I do believe two is a foundational piece. We will put a pin in that. We will put a pin in that and we will discuss the other players. Tyreek, as I mentioned, um, it's it's I think your hand is forced into giving him a new contract because you need money and he's an easy way to get money. I know, and, and that's the other thing with, with Tua. It's also a very easy way to create cat space if you give him a new contract. And you know, but again, to me, the idea is un- unless until you have a definitive answer that yeah. the ceiling is higher than what we've seen. I, I and and I and I, I I've seen the argument, and I, I don't mean to belabor the point about Tua, but I've seen the argument of like, well, why would you move on from him because he's our best quarterback since Marino? Well, the bar, no, no offense, the bar is not exactly very high. Do it's we right want to? Do we want a good quarterback or do we want one that gives he us is good? No, I'm he sorry. Okay, that's fine. Do we want a good quarterback or do you want one that 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 can compete? Like, yes, I'm going to throw him like a Josh Allen, for example. It's not by accident the Bills have won the division for four straight years. And you can roll your eyes all you want. That's not. Oh, I'm accident. not rolling my eyes. Josh Allen is pays child support. He's he's, 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 he's the daddy. Just against the Dolphins. The dude, I mean, the dude's a baller. And guess what? He's not going anywhere anytime soon, and he's in the Dolphins division. So yeah. anyway, but let's move on from – no, I was going to say address with Tyreek. The issue with him is exactly how long do you want to be committed for a guy who now has been in the league. This was his eighth year. He's a speedy wide receiver who mm-hmm. dealt with a lot of injuries. Are you saying Hold he's on. And those prone? I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm saying he's 30. He's been in the league eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a speedy receiver. And those guys, those when you once you start getting injured at a certain age, I believe he's 30 now or something like that. It doesn't go like this. It's going to go like this. So my question is again, how long do you want to tie yourself? To I Tyreek? believe he, uh, according to what I'm looking at now, and I don't know what his birthday is. He's 20. It was 29 this season. Um, Tyreek. Next year, he's on the books to make $23 million, um, even though his contract averages out to 30 30 a year. Um, He's on the books. You can change a lot of his money. His his base salary is $21.8 million, and you could literally turn all of that into a signing bonus, roster bonus, and extending him out. And also lower. I'm sorry. That, I'm I'm sorry. I'm telling you the wrong number. That's the 25 year. His base salary this year. Oh, he's going to make only 19.7 million dollars. Dude, he made a million. He made a million two this year. His cap number jumps from 12.8 to 31.3. I don't. I don't care about cap number. Cap number is a fake number. Um, I'm talking about base salary, and you can you can lower his cap number by changing the majority of his base salary 
into into a roster bonus, which is what they did last year and what they'll probably continue to do moving forward. He's got three more years left on his deal. You can you can add a fourth year, give him a, a, a giving a big fat check, uh, giving him giving him all of his twenty five million dollars uh, in, in in year one. And Tyree can help you alleviate a lot of cap pressure. And that's probably going to be their first avenue to outside of the releases to alleviate a lot of the cap pressure. Tyreek likes money. Tyreek is, Tyreek is, I know he's talked about retirement, but I'm sorry. Tyreek is not retiring until his contract is up because nobody's walking away from $30 million, especially while they, they're they still in their prime. And I don't think there's well, any- well, look, Can I say, can I interject here for a second? Yes. Because you, you said something that's, sorry, the cap numbers, the cap number is not real. The cap number is what matters actually. This, this, in terms of in terms of the the salary cap, and yes, Correct. there's ways, to, there's ways the to finagle the cap number. If I give him if I give him eighty five percent of his base salary in a roster bonus, cap number goes to five million dollars like that. It done. Correct. Uh, I understand problem, that. Problem problem solved. But a lot of that also is going to get spread out, and basically you're kicking a lot of stuff down the road. There's, and then you're kind of well, like that's exactly what they do. This that's how they do business that, now. They, what what's what happens is you're committing yourself. You're making a longer term commitment to the dude, and this is the point I brought up: is exactly how long do you want to be tied to Tyreek? I don't have a problem adding the next year to Tyreek Hill. Okay. I, I don't. What, 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 like, I mean, right now his guaranteed money is, I believe, concluded. Oh no, it concludes at this season. He's got six nineteen point six million in guaranteed money. So he's already he's already going to get that money. All I'm saying to you is. Hey Tyreek, we're gonna add an extra year. We're gonna give you 25 instead of 19. And Tyreek's not gonna say no to a five million dollar raise. And we're gonna we're gonna finate. We're gonna. What I'm saying is this house can't be a restructure. It has to be an extension to add new money, new years to continue to lower the cap number. In fact, I wouldn't even be shy about adding two extra years. I don't have a problem with Tyreek at 34. And you know, if even if I add two extra years, those two years are fake years. Those two years can be fake years. I'm just I'm just alleviating the cap pressure, which is exactly what they're going to do with Tyreek and another guy, um, Jalen Ramsey. By the way, Tyreek's going to be 30 on March 1st. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about a 34-year-old Tyreek. I mean, goodness gracious, that guy's a freak of nature. At the worst, Tyreek can become a slot receiver in, in the NFL. Um, other, other than Jerry Rice, you know, you know a ton of 34-year-olds who were – Speed guys were like really still effective. I don't look at Tyreek as a speed guy, but um, I look at Tyreek as a dangerous, the most dangerous weapon in the NFL. Why? And why? Why? Because of what he can do. Um, no, uh, what? Speed and quickness. Okay. It's not about running. It's not about running in hands. Let's be honest. He is. He he has the highest average in the NFL right now in terms of salary at thirty million a year. Devontae Adams is at twenty eight million a year. Um, I, I think some of these Cincinnati Bengals um, are, are, are um, some of these former uh, LSU prospects, uh, Jefferson and 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 um, who's the Bengals wide receiver? I can't. The name escapes me. You know, Jamar Chase is from LSU. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Uh, they are going to get to Tyreek's number, and Tyreek is probably going to want to establish himself as still remaining the highest paid player. And I think he is definitely worthy of a $30 million salary, and if not a raise, especially when you need him to redo his deal so you can buy yourself 
more time with this rebuild because Tyreek is the easiest way to create cap space outside of cutting Emmanuel Agba and cutting um, 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 Xavier Howard. Um, and that's why also, if we're going to continue this foundational piece, you do not see Xavier Howard on my list as foundational pieces because um, while I don't think it's a absolute foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone, I think the Dolphins are going to put him in a situation where they're going to say, hey, Xavier, we think you're more in the realm of an 8 to $10 million a year player right now. We think you're in the Stefan Gilmore realm, the um, the Darius Slay realm, and we would like to revisit that number. We would like to revisit that contract. You are free to go try to work out a deal or a trade or see what the market bears, but this is where we are, and this is what we're willing to do. Now, Xavier has told me he would be open to a trade. Doesn't make any sense for the Dolphins to trade him because it's not going to give them the cap relief that they want or need. The, a release gives them the cap relief they want or need unless – so my choices are – Here's the thing. Potion one release, which means they can't they can apply those that cap space until that. Otherwise, otherwise it, it doesn't save them anything, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got to be a post-June 1st release, um, which is nothing but more, more of a technicality. Um, so – He's not a foundational piece that I'm using at the present moment. Doesn't mean that he can't be a foundational piece because I think he's still one of the top upper echelon cornerbacks. He still leads the league in interceptions for people coming who can't enter the league in 2016. Um, What'd you say? That's when he came in. Yeah. So he's not a foundational piece, but Jalen Ramsey is. And uh, bringing up Jalen Ramsey because he's also a player where if you need cap space, they're probably going to go to Jalen and do the exact same thing they did with Bradley Chubb, where they give him roster bonus, a big fat check now to lower his base salary next year. Him and Ramsey, Tyreek, I think Zach Sealer's a candidate to have his contract re, 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 revisited. And when I say revisit, I mean Steve Ross is just writing you a big check now to lower your base salary for, for, for the year. Um, Austin Jackson is not a candidate because of the way his contract is structured, but Jerem Smythe is, Alec Ingold is. All those guys who got new deals last year, their contracts can be revisited to get you a little bit of cap relief. So um, Chubb, I would not revisit his contract just because you know he's coming off an injury. Are we doing contracts? Are we doing – I'm talking about pieces. foundational pieces. Okay. Uh, Chubb is a foundational piece. Okay. Um, so is uh, Jalen Phillips, but you, you know the situation. And Jalen Phillips will be having his fifth-year option this year. Him and Waddle are both eligible for their fifth-year option. I think it's a no-brainer that you trigger both. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't necessarily impact you right now, but it ensures that they're on the team in, in, in 2025. Correct. Um, and we all know who Jalen Phillips is, and we all know who Jalen Waddle is. The Jalens. And, Jay, you know, and – I don't think you're I think if you were if they were if you if you were in a better financial spot, you might be re, you might be talking about a more multi-year long-term contract where the price is cheaper now than it would be after that 50-year option. However, if I they don't ball think, out. Huh? If they ball out. If they ball out, exactly. So I think you just trigger the 50-year option, let them play on it. Um, but that leads us to another foundational piece. 
which is Javon Holland. And we talked about this previously on the podcast this week on the books for $1.8 million a year. Both of us, you even admitted it, you wouldn't come to camp for $1.8 million. I, I, I no, I, I'm not. I'm not on board with you on that. And and again, this is a guy who played one game in the final what seven, uh, you know, had an injury, who we which he said is not going to require surgery. Um, Rest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hold on. So you're coming to camp at one point. You're coming to training camp in the offseason program at $1.8 million? I don't care what Javon Holland is going to do. If I'm if I'm the Dolphins, I'm saying. You're saying what? You're saying come to camp. You want you want to quote unquote hold in? Fine, hold in. Okay. So you you're okay if he does it pulls a Christian Wilkins. He's not Christian Wilkins. Doesn't have the body of work that Christian Wilkins did. I and, and and the other part too is Christian Wilkins. To me, was well. Am I am I okay with it? Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing: Christian Wilkins held in. Did it affect his performance a whole lot? No, because Chris, Christian's a worker, and and he balled out once he once he got done with the hold in. I'm not getting my new deal. Sucks, but I'm going to show you. And guess what? He showed them. Um, and I, who I, is who is Christian Wilkins's protege? Answer that question. Who is Christian Wilkins' protege? Javon Holland. They're, it's oh, yeah. The way, it's not the other way around? Yeah, no, no. Christian is Javon Holland's mentor. If somebody's your protege, then that means it's right, your mentor. Right. Yeah, yes. So, of it's course, Holland, he's going to take the Christian route. Holland is Christian's protege. Not the other way around. Christian is not Holland's protege. It's the other way around. I, I said, I said, who is Christian's Protege. Protege and, Holland, correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he's going to clearly follow in his mentor's lead in how he handles his business, and they share the same agent. So put two and two together. Again, has Javon Holland done enough to where the Dolphins need to like acquiesce because Javon doesn't want to play next year under even though he's under contract? Um, has he done enough? No. He's under contract for two years, by the way. He's not under, no, no, sorry. No, this is last year. Yeah. Next year. Nobody, nobody nobody wants to play on a one-year deal. So, unless you're. Dude, I want to make $2 million a year. I mean, sucks to be me. I I understand that every player would want a contract extension before the final year of their contract. Not everybody's going to get it. Is he somebody that the Dolphins could address? Yes. Is he somebody the Dolphins absolutely positively, without a doubt, need to address or there's going to be hell to pay. I don't know if I, I don't think I'd say that. Okay. Especially um, again, especially since the way the season ended, right or wrong. No, you're right. I, I think if he was on the field healthy for the final month of the season and probably finishes the team's leading tackler, maybe had more than, um, uh, I think he's got one interception this season. Um, one, the, the, the pick six. Yeah. Then you'd have a better argument because you're gonna, you know, he's gonna want a top five safety salary, and I'm not necessarily certain that he has earned that based on availability, production. But you know, they have high regard for him, probably right under Tua Tungavaloa and and Christian Wilkins in regards to, you know, their thoughts and of of who he is, the respect level for. Come on, he's our captain. Come on, 
I'm sorry, you said the Javon is just under two and Wilkins. What about Tyreek? What about Teron Armstead? What about Wilkins? I mean, what about Chubb? What about Phillips? Really, we're going to put Javon Holland third? I think he's in the top five of, of people that the organization respects. And based on what I hear in terms of how they go to his viewpoint and thought process, and yeah, he's he's got a lot more juice than you think he does. Um, yeah, maybe he does. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we get to the foundational pieces. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is a foundational piece. We discussed that already. Um, we talked about Tyreek Waddle. Foundational piece? No. No? Why would you say he's not a foundational piece when he's the first Dolphins receiver in franchise history with three straight thousand yard seasons? Um, I don't consider him a foundational piece. I mean, there's no because if they if, they, if a team dangles a mid first round pick at the Dolphins for Jalen Waddle, I think they jump at it. Whereas they do, they do that for hey 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 hey. He already told the Indianapolis Colts he's not on the table. He's, what was that story last year? That was what was the story? Jonathan again? Taylor, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. That was for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that was um, there was no first round pick coming. It was Jonathan Taylor who was going to demand a new contract, which is why it was ridiculous. Hold on, are you really saying that you're trading Jalen Waddle for a pick fifteen in the NFL draft? I think so. Why? Established, proven, spacer. And you want me to, to take to an unproven to, commodity for Jalen Waddle? About to get expensive, and again, he's not a, he's not a big guy. And battle injuries this year. Correct, battles injured, battle injuries at Alabama. Um, and it, dude, he broke a foot at Alabama. I'm I know, but I'm just I'm 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 a little surprised and a little taken aback. It can be taken far back if you'd like. I'm just, and 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 I like Waddle, and it's not a case. Here's the thing: it's not a case of the Dolphins shopping him. It's a case of the where the what the value is. We're getting we're getting into semantics where I I don't think it's a a case of a team calling asking for. Okay, this is first of all this idea that that anybody's untouchable is ridiculous because I I could offer you the moon for somebody, and all of a sudden he goes from untouchable to very touchable. Sorry, Tyreek is Nobody's untouchable. Like Larry Mitonso, for example. Who Tyreek is untouchable. I'm not trading Tyreek. No, if the team comes at you with three first-round picks, you're not trading him? No. There, there, really? No. There's no. To me, there's no such thing as untouchable. Really? No. Three first-round picks for Tyreek, you don't do it? No. Because I don't, I, don't I don't even want to know what the alternative is. I'm good. Thank okay. you. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that would be a complete reset. And I'm not opposed to a complete reset, but yeah, that's not some the route that I want to go right now. Not in this no, critical year. They, no, correct. Is it because they 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 they're in too deep already for yeah, they're, they're, they're in way too deep. No, correct. Um no, I, I think Waddle's a very, very good player, but to me, as far a foundational piece, I th- I think that might be a bridge too far for where I want to take it. But you you can make the argument, and I wouldn't. I would certainly wouldn't have an issue with it. Now let's get to Zach Sealer. Uh, foundational piece or no? Borderline. Had a better year statistically than Christian Wilkins. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure I, I, for the sake of this conversation, because Christian Wilkins is not under contract and does not have a franchise tag placed on him as of yet. I do. He's suspect under contract he will. until March. 
Okay. Is he on the books for 2024, the season that no. we're referring to? No. no. So I can't count him. Obviously, he's a foundational piece once he gets the franchise tag. Um, I forget what the price is. I think it's $17 million. It's like 17, 18. I'll, I'll look it up. But if another guy outperformed him, and I do make the argument that Zach Sealer outperformed it, it, it him. Was, it was very, very close. It was very, very close. Very, yeah. But one guy made more impact plays. Um, Again, it was about like this. And, and maybe the one thing that maybe puts Wilkins a slightly ahead is I think he's more of a tone setter than, than Sealer is. Okay. Slightly, um, but I have no problem with you with saying that Sealer is a foundational piece. I wouldn't I wouldn't put up much of an argument with you. Okay. Uh, I like when you don't squirm and fight. Um, and uh, to me, the only guy left, uh, there are two guys left that I think are foundational pieces, Austin Jackson, who you re-upped this season, um, really taking advantage of the fact that he was excelling and he was also playing with an oblique injury that was a tear that could have ended his season. He played through it. Uh, props to him. Um, but he, he looked at that as a situation where I need to get my money now before things go absolutely south. And he did. Um, Dolphin signed him to a respectable deal. Now he's going to be here for at least another two seasons. Uh, Austin, if you if you just look at his body of work and his body, I could definitely feel comfortable putting him in a foundational piece. Have you? Did you realize the transformation? Even to this point where he ended the season, yeah. he looks more like a defensive end than he does an offensive lineman physically. He does, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd put him in the foundational piece when, when to me, he's like the fourth best offensive lineman on the team. Name the four better: Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt. Wow, he's still putting Robert Hunt over him. Wow. After this seat, and I'm 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 a Rob Hunt fan. I like Rob Hunt. I I look I view Rob Hunt as the player who is probably going to escape the Miami Dolphins or graduate from the program, as 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 Mike Tannenbaum calls it, just because there are only so many offensive linemen that you can pay. There you cannot pay everybody. It it just you can't pay Teron, who is not going to retire. Don't don't believe what you uh, he's not retiring. Um, I should point out that there was one of our when our viewers put in the comments that he was at the game in Kansas City and noticed eyeballed to Ron Armstead saying staying on the bench long after the game soaking up the scene. You know who also stayed long after soaking up the scene? Christian okay. Wilkins, according to Hard Knocks, and uh, that was one of the things I did catch. Christian Wilkins was on the bench when nobody else was there. They give it a cinematic view, and okay. you know. Teron is not retiring. Yes, I do agree with you. Connor Williams was probably their best offensive lineman before he got hurt. Hopefully, he'll be brought back. I don't because he's injured. I I have no idea what his market's going to be. If he was resigned, he would clearly be a foundational piece in my mind. Um, but I, he was phenomenal when he was healthy, and I think you want to continue that that investment. Um, but am I paying him $10 million a year? Like top centers are getting paid. No, I would not, but I, I definitely think he does. He's deserving and worthy of a, a, a deal comparable to the last deal that he signed, maybe two for 15. Would he be happy with that? Or would he say you're paying, you're paying me, you're lowballing me because I just had a torn ACL. Um, these are the, these are the risks that you take when you play on, on contracts that, 
that are expiring. And obviously Andrew Van Google is going to be in that spot too, where you're going to be trying to maximize your, 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 your money coming off a serious injury. So um, we, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Obviously the dolphins have a ton of work to do to get more money um, and, and to get cap space. So, Okay, hold on, hold on, Amar. Uh, according to Spotrack or Spotrack, calculated market value for Connor Williams is thirteen point five million average annual salary, and I would point out that Corey Lindsley, long time of the Packers, played last year with the Chargers until he was sidelined with a heart issue. Um, signed at twenty nine. Was averaging twelve point five million, and I would I would probably suggest that Connor Williams, in terms of ability, is in that ballpark. So, uh, yeah, you're not getting that with an ACL. Is my is the argument that I'm making, especially one that you suffered late in the season. When is he going to be healthy for the season? Oh, we're not going to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, I'm not paying premium price for an injured player, and nobody in the NFL does. Yeah, but it's not it's not a career threatening injury. And that's the thing that that if you know his agent shows teams like, you know, here's the medical report. Once that thing heals, he's gonna be like like new. Show, show me the show me the last player coming off an ACL injury that got a premium price for a position. I'd I'd love to see it. Don't, I, it don't happen. I'll try to do research. If somebody can send me a list of of centers who tore an ACL in December, by all means, please I'll look up and I'll I'll see what happens with their contract. But I, I yeah, I mean, it, it injured. I'm not talking about just centers. Injured players are not making premium money. That that just not not what happens in the NFL. This is not how business gets done. Um, final player uh, for me in terms of foundational peaches, Devon A. Chan. Um, completely agree. Uh, he's probably going to move into the feature back role uh, unless Raheem Mostert continues to give him the stiff arm. Um, I do not view Raheem Mostert as a as as a foundational piece just because he's, i believe he's 32 Correct, yeah. and while he doesn't have a ton of mileage on his legs um we have had a ton of injuries uh, on his yeah. career mm-hmm. um and it would probably be more fitting for him to move into the second back role especially considering devon led the nfl history in yards per carry average so that that to me makes you a foundational piece um, but obviously Raheem is here. He's very close to being a foundational piece. And who knows? He might be the lead back coming into next sure. season. Um, and and actually, he's actually a player that you might want to extend his contract another year and get yourself some cap space. So that's not something that I would be surprised if they didn't do as an organization. Um, yeah. And the, and the only reason we're not putting Teron Armstead in that category is because of the age and because of the fact that any season could be his last because he's like 33 years old, been in the NFL for like 11 seasons now. 11 seasons. He put up a nice 11 year post. And, and trust me, once you hit double digits as an NFL player every year is, is you're, you're, you're tremendous. You should be tremendously proud because players rarely hit eight seasons. And for a guy to hit 11 Mm -hmm. and possibly move, be moving into his 12th. That's phenomenal. I personally don't think he's going to retire because Teron likes money too much to be walking away from it. And he's got a lot of money on the table right now. Um, I don't think they're going to revisit the contract. They're not in a position to revisit the contract. Um, so I, it, it, the cap number is good. The contract is the contract ultimately based on the languages is relatively fully guaranteed. 
Um, I know he says five million, but there are triggers in there that that have made a number, another portion of it um, guaranteed already last year. So I think he's going to be back. I, do I view him as a foundational piece? Yeah, but it would be very important for you to make sure you have Kendall Lamb back here. Um, however, Kendall has made sure he'd let me know he's not playing for the minimum anymore. Um, and go Kendall. And honestly, I don't think Kendall Lamb is a minimum player. And I think there might be a team out there that is interested in signing him as as a possible starter. Um, just because that play was was upper echelon. I would think he's probably a top four performer on this line this year because when he was out there left tackle, was he an issue? No, he played very well, uh, without question. And and here the other thing that's gonna help him is not it's not like quality offensive tackles are necessarily falling off trees these days. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great point. I don't know where this draft stacks up with offensive tackle talent wise, but Kendall has definitely earned my respect. Um, you you got any other foundational pieces, players? We covered it. Yeah, for me, Tyreek HN. Uh, that's where your list stops. Uh, Tyreek on, on offense, Tyreek HN. Uh, again, Waddle's borderline. Sealer, uh, you let him in the club. Sealer's in the club. Wilkins is in the club. Chubb, Phillips, Jalen Ramsey. I'll put Holland in there, and I think that's about it. Yeah. All right, folks, you know where we are, uh, how to find us, um, alldolphins.com. How many stories you got up today, Poopart? Uh, we're, we're, how many stories do you have up, Omar? Uh, I have three uh, stories up today, including, uh, yeah. a look, including a look at Cam Smith. And then with – I'll just throw out this great nugget because I already put it out on Twitter – Kind of semi-depressing of every single solitary second-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft, I looked. Cam Smith played 19 snaps on defense, lowest number of offensive or defensive snaps of any second-round pick. The second lowest was at 83 snaps. Everybody else was 300 or higher. And and I would promise you, based on – I mean, hell – uh, Ethan Bonner played more defensive snaps. I would yep. promise you, based on everybody, every cornerback that was drafted, he probably played the fewest snaps. And I'm not necessarily saying that's talent because his teammates say he has talent. Um, that's just uh, you're in a Vic Fangio doghouse and you got to figure out your way out of it. So, and um, that's but, the Dolphins couldn't have used cornerback help. Yeah, that's absolutely. Um, but Poupard has a story up on Cam Smith. You know how to find all our work, alldolphins.com. You know how to find the podcast. It's right here on YouTube and any place you can find an audio feed. Just look for searching All Dolphins. We love it if you subscribe. And thank you for watching. And we will be back later this week to break down the playoffs and the implications that those games have in terms of not really how it affects the Dolphins because their well, season's no. over. We'll, we'll relate it to the Dolphins. Trust so, us. Yes, trust us. All right, folks, we'll see you tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.